This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Good morning, everyone, and welcome along to a new week of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. It's a new week of tennis, and it's a big week of tennis. It's the Rogers Cup this week uh, over in Canada. It's in Toronto this time around. And I'd like to say, looking ahead to this week's tournament and giving his best bets for the first round and his outright picks is our senior ATP Tour handicapper for Because We Win. It's Sean Calvert. Sean, good morning to you, sir. It's very early here in the UK. Morning. An early start. So I know you, yeah. what have you got? You must have something lined up today. You must have rugby practice or a bit of golf or something. There must be something. Lager must be up to something this, this morning today. It's a nice well, day. Yesterday- it is. It is today. Yesterday, he was he was playing football in torrential rain, um, which was not particularly pleasant. Uh, luckily, it did stop kind of halfway through um, the match, so that's not too bad. Um, he's he's finished most of the stuff now because it's the school holidays. A lot of these things only run in sort of term time. He normally does basketball on a Sunday, but that's not on at the minute. But I think just looking outside at the at the weather, we might we might venture down the beach later. You never wow. know. Wow! There you go. It's a lovely day. Uh, it's, it's a very different in the last 24 hours in the UK here from what we saw yesterday, what we saw today. Oh, are, are Riley still doing the business in the in the basketball league? They're the team. Is it Riley, Rayleigh? They're, they're the team in the basketball league, aren't they? Oh, uh, that was that was just a one-off tournament. Oh. Yeah, this is just, yeah, this is, don't worry, this low-level stuff, that is. It's oh, not, okay. uh, it's not, it's not too important. Okay, but uh, we're talking about the weather conditions here in the UK, but more importantly, what's the weather conditions like in Toronto this week for the tennis? There is an ATP tournament, as I say, in Canada. A lot of Canadian uh, viewers of this show and podcast that we're doing very well last week in the Canadian podcast chart. So okay. that would be good for us. Hopefully we can uh, continue that and everyone's looking on and hopefully make some money for your home tournament. Wherever you are in the world, hopefully we can cash some tickets for you. But uh, before we go on to Sean's picks and the outright draw and this, and that, let's have a look at the conditions, Sean. Um, we talk about the weather in the UK, as I said, it's in and out. What's it like over in uh, in Toronto this week? Uh, it looks to be unsettled, uh, to be honest. It's, it's thunderstorms and showers are predicted for a lot of the week, so not entirely sure how it's going to go down there. This tournament's played biannually um, here in Montreal, uh, as you said, on a lake-old outdoor hardcore surface, the same as the US Open. A little bit of altitude here, 188 metres, and they use Wilson balls. Last week, they didn't use Wilson balls. They used Technifiber balls in um, Washington, D.C., and it was really slow. They've complained about those Technifiber balls before in Rotterdam. Um, very, very slow conditions. This is normally quicker, uh, quicker side of medium, uh, 82% holds, 74 0.2% uh, first serve points won. Averages 41% tiebreak matches. Is in the top 10 quick conditions of the season. And Isner and Opelka made the semis here in 2021. Yeah, I'm looking at the previous winners. Last year was a shock result, wasn't it? Karina Buster uh, won the tournament here in 2022. Beat well, her Montreal, cash. wasn't it? It was pretty slow there. Yeah, well, well if we go back to here, the Medvedev beat Opelka, as you say. Nadal, uh, well, is it 2019 here or 2018? Well, now Nadal's won it in they 2019. They changed it because of COVID. It went, it went yeah. a bit... It went a bit peculiar because of covid but uh, if you look at this tournament 
apart from last year, uh, wasn't the same venue. Usually the top performers do well here. Didn't they look at Medvedev? Nadal. Yeah, trends wise, yeah. Um, sorry, mate. I was just going to say that as far as the trends are concerned, the top seed has won six of the last time, uh, six of the last nine times here in Toronto. But the last two runners up were big prices: Sitsipas hundred to one, uh, and Apelka hundred and fifty to one. Uh, no qualifiers made the quarterfinals here since two thousand and four. So, but yeah, you're right. The better players do tend to win it. And uh, the better players on the outright market is a man who's just coming fresh from winning the Wimbledon Championship for the first time. He's a, a he's a young man who's breaking records every week, and he'll be breaking the record here. This is his first time he's competed in this tournament, Carlos Alcaraz, and he's the favourite at plus 140. Before we go on to the draw and look at the prices, just a little bit about Carlos Alcaraz. I know mm. he's going to be very popular with uh, Bet Rivers betters here. Uh, everybody wants to see him do well. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the, the big hitters will bet him because they think he's going to be he's going to be dominant. And, you know, you might not be able to get tournaments coming up where he's going to be plus money, especially without Novak Djokovic in the draw, as, as is the case this week. What about Alcaraz? I mean, he, he's had a bit of a lay- layoff since Wimbledon. I know he's played in a couple of um, exhibition tournaments, so to speak. But um, obviously he played in the Hopman Cup, didn't he? But yeah. so what do, what do you think about his chances here? And, you know, what, what, obviously he's going to be very motivated, but the pressure's on him. He doesn't seem to, to, to worry about the pressure. What do you think about that price and Alcaraz at plus one forty? Before we look at the draw in a hole, I think it's a bit difficult to to just assume that he's going to start winning all these tournaments. Obviously, he's the favourite from what we've seen. Um, he did play the the Rogers Cup in Montreal. I think it was last year. He lost in the first round to Tommy Paul. I think if my remember if my memory serves me correctly. Um, I just, I don't think it's that easy just to, to to become Wimbledon champion, which is probably one of his lifelong dreams, and then and then to get back up again for for the hard start of the hard court season. He's the right favourite, but it's it, mentally, it's 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 not that easy thing to do, to just stroll through these tournaments at his age, winning them, and just assume that he's going to keep winning and winning and winning. Um, yeah, he's the right favourite, but I'd, I'd, I'd still be a little bit cautious. Um, would you be worried about the conditions? I know Wimbledon was quite slow. The fact that it's a lot faster here, would you bet that would be a negative for us? I think that would be a slight negative, yeah. I think, he, he, you know, he's won the US Open. He can still play in these sort of conditions. Um, I would prefer it if I was on if I was on Alcaraz. I would certainly prefer it slower. Yeah, um, for sure. And the other thing he's got to overcome is a very very difficult draw. Uh, if you look at the draw here, Sean will come on to it, break it down. But the first thing you got to note in Toronto is the top half is absolutely stacked. He has Carlos Alcaraz in that part of the draw. Holgerun, who's going to be uh, competing with Alcaraz, I feel over the next few years at majors. Herbert Herkash uh, may not be a, a, a name that you would be too worried about, but in these quick conditions and the fact that he, uh, he reached a final here last year, uh, he's going to be a difficult opponent for um, Alcaraz in the last 16. You've also got Yannick Sinner. Uh, and also, I know he's not playing at all well, but Felix Auger-Aliassime is going to be popular, as is Stefanos Tsitsipas, who just won last week in Mexico and played very well, actually. I know he's been quite critical of Tsitsipas on this show. With you know, you you've not been a big six of us fans since we've been doing this together. He's got mm. the undoubted talent, but um, yeah, and I've sort of been critical about his personal life. But he played very well last week, and uh, it might be encouraging for his form coming into the U.S. Open. The the bottom half looks a lot lot easier. Um, so look, look at that draw, Sean. What are, what are you making to that draw? Yeah, the the top half, the the, the players that you've just mentioned. Um, it is a very stacked top half and you've also got people like Tommy Paul in there you got Seb Corder in there Dimitrov who played well last week uh, Berrettini all these guys are in the top half of the draw and in, in the bottom half it looks it looks a lot easier um, 
comparatively speaking. You've got, I mean, for me, Medvedev is is the absolute standout in the bottom half of the draw. Um, I don't think he's got a great deal to beat, to be honest. You've got Kasper Ruud, um, okay, Rublev, an exhausted Taylor Fritz who had to play double, triple duty last week in Washington because of the weather. Um, an out-of-form Norrie, a, a tired Diminor, Massetti. It, it, it doesn't have that same strength, the, the feel of strength to it, the bottom half to me. It looks it looks a much weaker bottom half than the top half. It certainly does. And the one thing you've got to remember as well, all eight of the top eight seeds get a buy through to the second round. So Medvedev will not play until the last 32 where he has a, a qualifier or pops a hospice bill. So um, you would expect him to, to to get through to the last 16. They're fairly comfortably. One player you didn't mention in the bottom half door is Alexander Zverev. Um, I know he's got a, a tough first round match against uh, uh, Quicksport, who's in the final today, but he's going to be exhausted, Quicksport. But I quite mm. like Alexander Zverev in the bottom half of the draw, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Let's give you some outright prices. And uh, these are the odds currently to win in uh, Canada this week. Carlos Alcaraz is the favourite, as I said. He's plus 140. Daniel Medvedev is plus 450. On the each-way terms with Bet Rivers, that looks like a, a very, very uh, nice each-way play. Um, next in the betting is at 10 to 1, Yannick Sinner. Then at 12 to 1, the winner last week in Los Cabos, uh, 7 or 6 to pass. 14 to 1, Alexander Zverev, a recent winner in Hamburg. Uh, 16 to 1, Rublev. 16 to 1, Taylor Fritz. 18 to 1, Holger Runa. And 40 to 1, bar those uh, eight in the betting. So 40 to 1, the man following that is Andy Murray. Um, it's not going to take much winning this tournament, especially. In that bottom half, you're going to get through to the final. And, and obviously your strategy here is for Medvedev. Give us his, he's a former winner here in 2021. He's a beaten finalist in 2019. So he's got a great record, a great draw. Uh, plus 450 looks a great each way bet. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his stats on outdoor hard, they're, you know, they're off the charts really. The last 12 months, he's 32 and six win loss. That's an 84% win rate. And his service points, one return points, one total is 109. His service hold, and break total is 118. Now, these are some numbers. And I don't think it's any secret that Medvedev enjoys playing mainly. I think if, if for him, I think if the tour could be played on hard courts from January to November, he'd be a happy man. He doesn't like the clay, even though he's managed to win Rome Masters on it, which is some fabulous achievement. Got to the final at Indian Wells as well, where it's all so slow. Um, but, and, and it doesn't like the grass. Again, made the Wimbledon semifinals, even though He's not keen on the surface and the variable bounce, and he doesn't really have the ideal game for grass. But hard courts is, is is where it's at as far as Medvedev's concerned. The stats I've just mentioned, he's also 11-4 and win-loss here at the Canada Masters. That's over both uh, here and um, and Montreal. And his service whole, uh, service points, one return points, one total here is 104, and his whole break total is 106. So he's got excellent hard court numbers, very decent hard court numbers at this particular tournament. Um you know, is the standout. The, the danger that is arguably Zverev, the man that you mentioned a minute ago, um, who's now coming into some pretty decent form, isn't he? Uh, but from Medvedev's point of view, he's won nine of the last ten against Zverev. So you would expect on, on form and on the matchup over the last couple of years, you would expect Medvedev to win that. And I'm just not really seeing any, other than Zverev, I'm not really seeing many other dangers, really. Fritz is going to be exhausted, as I said. And I think the last thing you want, if you're tired, if you're if you're Taylor Fritz, you're a bit leggy. I don't think you really want to be playing Medvedev. Um, I'm not sure I can see any other dangers, really. Rublev, potentially, if Rublev has a really good week. Uh, you know, he's beaten Medvedev a couple of times before. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's possible. Um, 
it's not likely, but it's it's certainly possible. And and Casper Ruud, you wouldn't have thought quick, outdoor hard. You can't, I can't see him beating Medvedev in those conditions. I must admit, I know the Zverev head-to-head record is a puts you off a little bit against Medvedev for, for Zverev betters. It's very positive for Medvedev betters. But I was really impressed with um, Zverev last when I saw him in Hamburg. I watched him that that first round match, and he, he oh, his second round, whichever he was, he won the first set six love. Uh, against Mulcair. Oh, against Mulcair. Yeah, and he was he was hitting the ball so hard. The power of his racket was sensational, the sound around, and he looked so confident, and whether it was because he was at home, whether it was in front of his home crowd, and he's from, he's from Hamburg as well. But I, he was the takeout from that tournament, and I bet him immediately after that match to win the tournament. And I know he's got a different, he's got a difficult head to head, but they come in, they've come in streaks, their wins. You know, Zverev had a big winning start against uh, Medvedev, and Medvedev has gone on a bit winning run for him. Is it worth betting the two of them each way? Uh, you know, you're, you're getting decent prices, you're getting 14 to 1 for Zverev, and we, we're waiting for some, uh, the each way terms to come out from Bet Rivers, but I'm guessing it's probably half the odds one, too. So we're getting seven to one for uh, Zverev to make the final. And then we're getting about what two uh, plus 225 on, on um, Medvedev to make the final. Is it worth betting the two of them? I think they're the two obvious contenders. Yeah, the two obvious candidates in the, in the bottom half of the draw. If you wanted to do that, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, I, as I said, I can't I can't really see anybody else doing it. Maybe TFO if he if he kind of lights it up, but he's he's got a difficult match against Milos Raonic in the first the round. Match right? of the this, first round, isn't it? That one without yeah, that, that. This that could be one of well, it, it almost certainly will be one of Raonic's last matches of his career. I think he's I think he's thinking of finishing at, at the U.S. Open, isn't he? Mm. That's what he's kind of talking about. So this presumably will be his last um, his last match in Canada. Well, it'll be his last match if he loses it. Obviously, if he wins it, it might go a little bit further, but. Um, you never really know with TFO. I, I've just not really seen anybody else other than those two that, again, possibly Rublev, that could that could win in this bottom half of the draw. They look great each way bet. So what we're going to do here? I think what we're going to do because you're the senior handicapper, Sean. You got the you got the bigger stakes. You got we've got the one unit each way official pick on Medvedev from your from your point of view because you are the main man. And I'm going to throw in a half a unit each way on Zverev because I think we, I think they're just standouts in that bottom draw, and I think it's a yeah. collision course for the two of them to get in the final. And hopefully, we can get Alcaraz beat. I, I, if if Alcaraz makes it that far, you know, this yeah. is a very very difficult draw. And as I said, it's not. I, I've never done it, so I'm not speaking from experience, obviously. But I can't imagine it's it's that easy to to win Wimbledon and have, or, and have everything going on after that, or you know, the the media after you and everything else and all the hoopla around that to come back up on a different surface and on a surface that isn't your best um, quick outdoor harbour, these Wilson balls that fly around all over the place and then just automatically be expected to win it. I th- you know, I think it's a big ask. He's got a lot of difficult players in that, in that draw, Alcaraz. So Alcaraz, a small fade from us, very brave from Sean Calvert there to fade Alcaraz, but at the price plus 140 with that draw, I think if you worked out his odds mathematically in each round, you get bigger if you bet him each round than you would by taking the plus 140 because they're difficult opponents who, who stand in his way to reach that final. And for our official pick on the outright market, we're going to go for a one unit each way on Medvedev at plus 450. So that we cash if we get to the final. And a little saver from me, half a unit each way, Alexander Zverev at 14 to 1. I think I was just that's I was really impressed with him in Hamburg. And I think if he hits a bit of form, 
I think he's a confidence player, and I think you might catch him at a nice price here. Let's move on to some matches. Uh, these are first-round matches uh, scheduled for tomorrow on Monday and on Tuesday. We haven't got the order of play yet, so we don't know exactly when they're going to start. But you don't have to worry about the time because this is uh, over, over in Canada, and obviously you're on the same time as uh, most of America, so it'll be a late start for us, and it'll be a conventional start for you rather than getting up early to get the bets down. But if you do place a bet, obviously on the Bet Rivers website, you can watch whichever match you place a bet on live streamed on your mobile device or your laptop. Um, first match we're going to talk about is Ugo Ember against uh, Jari. Um, there is no head-to-head records of all the five matches we've spoke, we've got here today. They've never met each other before. So going into the unknown a little bit here, this one is a difficult match to call, according to Bet Rivers. Uh, Jari here is a marginal favourite at minus 125. Ugo Ember is even money. Umber is starting to play some good tennis, actually. And Jerry, as we know, we cashed. Uh, I couldn't help myself with the 22 and a half the other day when he played. We cashed on the overs. And uh, that seems to be the way to go in Jerry matches. Umber's playing well. Big servers. Both of them good serving stats. Uh, this looks like a long one, Sean, doesn't it? Yeah, I just think the price that I've taken early here is is a little bit sillier, to be honest, on, on a set one tiebreak. Three to one. Um on the bin to over 12 and a half games in this first set between these two in quick conditions. it That's very generous. I don't know whether that price will last, but if we look at what Jerry did, uh, has done, sorry, on hard courts against left-handers, we had, we had this bet last week, didn't we? With, um, with Brauver in the match that you were talking about, the overs. Um, he's played six matches, um, main level against left-handers and all bar one, of those matches has featured a tie break. The one exception being when he played the world number 817 in Los Cabos. So you can kind of forget that. The others all featured at least one tie break. He's held serve 95% of the time, Jerry, in those matches and broken serve just 12% of the time, playing 0.4 tie breaks per set. Now let's look at the other side, Humber against the players that I've got down in my database as, as being big servers. He's held 90% of the time on bet and broken serve just 6% of the time. Uh, so on the raw stats and assuming that these conditions are going to be quickish uh, as they were last time in, in Toronto. I did, I did speak to Tennis Canada about this actually because the ATP in their fairly usual unhelpful way have got this court listed on their draw sheet as a deco turf, which it absolutely isn't. But I had I felt the need to check because... They shouldn't. They shouldn't really be putting deco turf down on here because it isn't. They still play on a deco turf in Montreal, I think, but they don't in Toronto. So I, I got in touch with Tennis Canada and they said, yeah, it's definitely a lake old surface. So, um, yeah, not much kudos to the ATP there, but yeah, o- over twelve and a half, it just looks that looks generous to me. Uh, that you know, that should be much shorter than that, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, really. Maybe look at the total games as well here as well. This is a really, really looks like a long match, um, and that's the commitment we go to. Um, Denning weekly game bit match. Sean Calvert contacting um, the, the the tennis Canada to find out the the court speed for you. I mean, you don't get that on any other podcast. I mean, that is they're really good is... at tennis Canada. They, a lot of the tournaments just ignore you, but they always get back to you at tennis Canada and they say, "Yeah, it's this or whatever." This is this is this is fantastic. This is why he, this is why he's got paid, he gets paid the top dollars. Uh, the next match we're going to talk to about is Gabriel Diallo up against Dan Evans uh, Diallo. Uh, he's a 21 year old Canadian um, Diallo in his home tournament up against Dan Evans, who's in the final uh, in Washington today. Shock finalist. I mean, we were recording so. this early. We're recording this early. I think he wins the final today. I saw his price and I thought he was a decent price. Big confident player. 
pumped. He was he's absolutely pumped in this tournament. Um, and he's incredible, uh, isn't it? Return to form. Evans has had a shocking season. Yeah. He's, he's all of a sudden out of absolutely nowhere. He's come to the final of of Washington DC a five hundred. He's done nothing all season, nothing at all. And it, he's it, had a Jack, shocking season. He was and terrible at Wimbledon. It was awful in his match. He's had games. a really bad season, really bad year. And now he's just. It's just clicked for him in Washington, D.C., for, for whatever reason. I should say, by the way, we, we didn't really get much help with conditions there last week either. They changed the conditions. It's now a hard-true um, outdoor hardcore, and they play with these horrible technofiber balls, which, as I said, a lot of the players complain about. So conditions there were completely different to how they've been in the past, which wasn't that helpful. But, but yeah, this one is a little bit about fatigue as, as far as Evans is concerned. Um yeah, I mean, they, they have played once before, actually. They played at Surbiton on the grass earlier on this season. Diallo won in straight sets. Um, Evans is going to be tired. He's, he's another one that had to play two matches in one day in the heat and humidity of, of Washington, D.C. Still got a final to play, as you said. I can see that one going long as well against Greek mm. sport. I can't see that being a, an easy uh, an easy straight sets for, for either man. And obviously, Diallo is going to be highly motivated here. Um, he's decent talent, Diallo. He's coached by Martin Larondo, who's um, the former... Uh, Canadian Davis Cup uh, team captain used to coach Shapovalov as well at one one stage. He's coached a lot of Canadian players, good Canadian players. Six foot eight, got some good weapons, decent serve on him in these conditions. He should go well. A um, little bit, you know, he's, he's only twenty one. He's a little bit sort of um, raw yet. It's not, it's not the finished article, but in these conditions, the fact that he's already beaten Evans will will motivate him. The fact that he's playing at home, you know, obviously will motivate him as well. Hopefully, it doesn't make him too nervous. It, it, that's a possibility, I suppose. Um, but, you know, it's a very short turnaround. I should imagine Tennis Canada are going to give him a fairly early start to to kind of give him the advantage and, and, and Evans the disadvantage. That, that would be on my assumption. Um, but I, so I took Diallo to win this match at um, plus 160 earlier on. Um, I didn't know they met before. I, I looked at my records and it didn't tell me. So let's check the web, websites. Ring Tennis Canada. They'll tell you everything you need to know. If you have any queries, <laughs> just ring Tennis Canada. They're, they're the nice people there. They are. Send them Sean Calvert told you to give them a call. No, I um, criticise a lot of things on this ATP tour, as I just did about the draw sheet, which they got wrong. But, you know, when it's right, it's right. And, and Tennis Canada have been, not just this year, in, in previous years, they've been extremely helpful. Uh, Dan Evans is available at minus 220. Diallo is plus 160, and that is Sean's pick for this match. The other thing you remember as well, Sean, is that Dan Evans is a quite a controversial character, isn't he? He's, he's a bit high or low. He's, he's, he's swings all over the place. I, he's a bit of a party boy as well, isn't he? We all know he's a bit of a he party has been boy. been, for sure, yeah. Well, I'm, I've, I've seen his, his stunning girlfriend he's got, and I know he's... Uh, he's, he's Got a lot of interest in, in 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 he's a lot of very interesting sports and he's he's a bit of a boy, and um, I just got a feeling if he wins this tournament in Washington, he might celebrate a little bit. And that I is quite that, possible, yeah. Yes, and I think that plus one sixty for Diallo is is a knocking bet if he wins the tournament. If he doesn't lose, if he doesn't win the tournament, he might be down in the dumps, and you know it depends on the match he goes. But I think this is a really strong play, you know, if uh, if Evans wins it because. He will not just have a quiet night in, I don't think, in the uh, the capital of the USA and go all across. It's unlikely, isn't it? Very unlikely. So I think Diallo here at plus 160 is, is a brilliant bet. But keep an eye out on the Evans's uh, win if he wins the tournament here, which I think he's got a great chance. If this, if we're recording this, we are recording this early on, on Sunday because I'm heading to Wembley for the uh, 
the, the match between Arsenal and Manchester City. But if this goes drops in time, I, I think Evans beats Greek Sport tonight. He's got 2 0 head to head record against him, and he's looked really good this week. And he's a man on a mission. And I think um, that we could we could be cheering Evans tonight, and we could be against him. Uh, in, in a couple of days' time. That's how fickle we are as tennis betters. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, There's no exactly. friends in this game, is there, really? Exactly. Um, exactly. I think that could be difficult. Both of those two are very nervy closers, Greek Spore mm. and Evans. I could see that being a, a tight and nervy affair, but we'll see. The closest match, and according to the Bet Rivers bookmaker, the odds compilers, the, the most difficult game to handicap, and the one that's really a 50 50 call, is the match between Gail Monfils and Christopher Eubanks, minus 110 the pair. Christopher Eubanks obviously set the tennis world alight with his performances at Wimbledon, reaching the quarterfinals. But um, he's gone, his form has dropped a little bit, hasn't it, since Wimbledon? Uh, Gail Monfils obviously did us a favour last week when he, we bet him to, uh, to beat Bublik, which he did. And this is a pick a match, minus 110. You pay your money, you take your choice. Uh, who's your choice, Sean? It's Gail Monfils. Um, I think this is a good, really good matchup for Gail Monfils. Uh, you know, Eubanks, you know, I think we've seen the best of him. Certainly, I don't think he can play any better than he's played in the last sort of couple of months. And now, as he says, he's perhaps coming down to earth a little bit. Mm. Um you know, last week we that was that was a great prize, 2.6. We had about Monfils. I think he started about two point. 2.2 or 2.15 or something like that for that match against Bublik. So that was a that was a really good one. I think this is decent value again at uh, minus 110. As I say, I think Monfils, similar to the Bublik match, I think he'll be able to diffuse Eubanks' biggest weapon, which is the serve. Um, I don't think there's any contest in consistency. You know, who, who's going to win a lot of the long rallies? You would certainly favour Gail Monfils. Eubanks likely to break down, much, much more likely to break down than Gail Monfils is. If we look at the stats um, of the last 10 main level matches on outdoor hard for each player, they're exactly the same. And this is this is from a period where Monfils has been struggling with injury and coming back from injury. And Eubanks is having perhaps the best moments, well, definitely the best moments of his career. And the stats are still the same in terms of service points, one with 10 points, one tells. They're both on 100 during a poor period for Monfils and a great period for Eubanks. So I, I just feel like this is a match that Monfils, assuming that he's fit, which is always the the slight danger with with Gail Monfils, certainly at this age and and generally throughout his career, never really hundred percent sure if he's going to be fit or not. But if he is, I think it's a great matchup. I'm happy to take Gail Monfils at that um, that price. So Gail Monfils is the bet here at minus one ten against Christopher Eubanks. We feel his form is he's hit his peak and he's uh, on a little downward spiral now. It does happen a lot in tennis when people do exception players do exceptionally well in a in a tournament, which you're not expected to do. And Christopher Eubanks reaching the last eight at Wimbledon, getting to the top thirty in the world uh, was way way above what anyone expected at the start of the year. Uh, the next one is a man on a comeback mission. It's Matteo Berrettini. I would have liked to have got with Berrettini in some kind of capacity in this draw if he wasn't given um if he was in the bottom half of the draw. I would probably had a couple of little. Dollars each way on him, but he's. I've bet him to win the US Open when I saw his form at uh, Wimbledon. I got 50 to 1, 55 to 1, I think, uh, at the time. I thought he was playing well, pushed out Kraz really close as well, looking to get back to, to his levels of best, and the signs are there. And he's got a tricky little match in the first match, uh, first round up against Berrer. Berrettini is minus five dollars, though, big favorite, plus three dollars. Berrer, um, they've never met before, these two, but uh, Berrettini. I, I quite like Berrettini this week. I think he's going to go well, and I think he's going to go well at the US Open as well, Sean. He may well do. I, I, I'm concerned about his fitness, though. Mm. Uh, it's it's a real worry for me. I think this is going to be closer than the odds suggest. Um, 
Barrera really enjoys the quick conditions. We know that. He, he made the semi-finals in Eastbourne on the grass um, about a month or so ago. He usually plays his best stuff um, on quickish indoor hard surfaces, but he's effective on outdoor, quickish outdoor hard as well. Look at the stats. If we take Clay out of the equation, we, if we compare the stats of the two players at main level over the last 12 months, there's very, very little in it. Barrera's got 52% win rate and a service point to one, return point to one total of 101. Berrettini, slightly better, but only slightly 55% win rate and a 102 total. So, tiny advantage to, to Berrettini there, but certainly not enough to, to suggest that these um, odds are correct or, or certainly values, absolutely no value at all on Berrettini at these prizes. They've never met, so obviously won't be feeling familiar with each other's style of play. Berrettini's never played Toronto either, so completely new conditions for him. Obviously, he's not played since Wimbledon either, which suggests to me that he's managing his fitness. You know, he came back at Wimbledon with no expectations, played pretty well, um, considering he'd been out for so long. I would have expected to see him play, you know, at least one tournament since Wimbledon. The fact that he hasn't played any, I'd, I'd be slightly concerned about that. And he, he, for me, he's a player that that does need matches to get to get going. I think this is a, a match that he should win over the course of the whole potentially three sets, but I think Barrera will will certainly push him uh, and push him enough to get over twenty two and a half games there. I've taken um, plus one twenty about over twenty over twenty two and a half in this one. So over twenty two and a half Barrera against Berrettini. Remember to check the Bet Rivers website to see what time these matches start. Uh, we haven't got the order of play yet. Uh, the final match we're going to talk about. We're giving you four five matches today to go through the bets. And the final match we're going to talk about is Sebastian Corder. Now, Sebastian Corder, we thought, was back with a bang at Queen's Club. We were drinking champagne when he was beating uh, Cab Norrie and making through to the semi-finals, And then we thought we were on him at nice big prices. And then he gets beat by Alcaraz. And his form since has been pretty shocking, to say the least. Uh, yeah. def- defeated by uh, Vesely at Wimbledon, a player that was... It was a big, big shot there. And then he lost again uh, in Washington in round two against Tepchenko, a shock defeat here. But uh, Rivers, uh, the betters still want to keep confidence with the American. He's minus 450 to be Echeverry, a bit more of a clay specialist, Echeverry. On the fast conditions, you would expect uh, Corder to uh, to be better than the Argentinian. But the Argentinian is uh, he's a bit hot hit or miss, but you would expect him to be better on the fast. He's more... He's more suited to the slower conditions that he showed Eddie, by reaching the quarterfinals, I believe it was, at the French Open. Minus 450 yep. over quarter, plus 320 for Echeverry. Um, are we, are we going to be trusting Sebastian Corder again after how much damage he's done to us over the last couple of months? Not at that price, no. Um, I, I still think Corder will, will win something big at some point, whether it be a, a Masters 1000, possibly even a Grand Slam in the future. Um, but but right now, he's he's not in a good place right now, Corder. I mean that that Shevchenko loss was it was painful to watch. It was he had so many chances. I think he I think he created twenty four breakpoint chances in that match and and took five of them or something like that. Ridiculous. Served really poorly as well. Didn't even he was under fifty percent first serve points in. Had a medical timeout for a leg injury. And if you looked at him during the latter stages of that match, he had his head in his in his hands underneath a towel for the last couple of changeovers. Something clearly isn't right with him. I don't know whether it's a physical thing, as I say, I had a medical timeout for a leg injury or, or maybe something off court that we don't know about um, or just lacking confidence. I, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's something isn't isn't right with, with Sebastian Corder at the minute. He'll probably win this match, but 
I wouldn't be. Th- I wouldn't. I wouldn't think this is going to be easy at all. I know Echeverry's coming from the clay, which obviously isn't ideal as far as he's concerned. Um, but he has shown glimpses of decent form on hard because He's got. He's got the big, the biggish serve, decent and powerful forehand, um, more than adequate backhand. He he can cope in the slightly quick, quicker conditions. Grass, obviously, he didn't. He didn't do anything. He's not. He's not familiar with that surface at all. But on the hard courts, he's he's not bad. He's showed improvement. Uh, beat the aforementioned Gregoire Barrere at the Australian Open earlier on in this season. Played pretty well in Australia, actually. And obviously, his confidence has increased since then from from the fact that he's had such a great season. Corder should win this, but my lean here is is over twenty one and a half total games. I'm not, it's not a bet, but it's 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 a lean. I just feel like Corder at the minute. I certainly couldn't trust him at that price. Yeah, so Aline for the totals. No trust in Corda, no trust in Berrettini, but big trust in uh, Diallo and Monfils. They're our picks. It's dangerous to say big trust in Monfils, isn't it? That's something that you wouldn't expect in a, in a sentence. We're going to put big trust in Gail Monfils. But you also said well, about Gail Monfils. I didn't say big trust. I, I know, just... I know. I know. <laughs> but you did mention, though, to um, us before about Gail Monfils, that he, he's a big player, likes playing in a big match, and a matchup against Christopher Eubanks. In Canada, and in a Masters 1000 event, is a kind of bet that Gal Monfils will get himself up for, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. He he loves a big match. He loves a you know you get decent crowds in in, in Canada. Um, yeah, he'll definitely be up for that. Uh, just give us a recap of the bet, Sean. Uh, we're going to go with the tournament winner. Yeah, Medvedev for me at um, about nine to two. I think he is roughly. Yeah, so four fifty Medvedev. We're going to uh, we're going to five fifty Medvedev. We're going to go for. And we're going to go for a small each-way play as well from me on Alexander Zverev. So one unit each way on Medvedev. I think I quoted plus 450. It's actually plus 550. Uh, sorry, yeah. no, it's not. It's plus 450. I'm, I'm my mistake. It's plus 450 Medvedev each way. And uh, I'm going to go for Zverev a half unit each way at 14. And on the matches? The matches. Uh, over 12 and a half games in set one of Humbert against Jarry. Should get around three to one for that. If you do, that's excellent. Um, that might go. Uh, Gabriel Diallo to beat Dan Evans, uh, plus 160, that is 2.6 or thereabouts. Uh, Gail Monfils, as we mentioned, uh, minus 110, 1.91, that is. And the over 22 and a half games in the match between Barrer and Berrettini, that's uh, 2.2 plus 120. So there's a lot of action in the first round. Head to the Bet Rivers website and you'll be able to get down on those bets. And just make sure you check the times of the matches starting, which will be announced over the next few hours or so. Uh, it's a big week of action on tennis here in uh, the Bit River Studio. We also have some action on Canada. We'll be back with Sean on Tuesday and Wednesday. New show Wednesday. We usually do Thursdays, but we're now moving to Wednesday. So Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the ATP Tour. I'll give you a little review and a preview of the women's event, which is uh, available also in Canada as well, in Montreal, which I'll be doing on Monday, a little there'll be a little big corner on our Twitter account, which is at because we win. You can follow us on our Twitter and our Instagram account at because we win. And it's big. Uh, you want to make, follow the YouTube channel. It's massive, massive, massive at the week at the moment, obviously with the tennis as well, but it's the start of the English Premier League. We have a special show on Monday. Myself and Jack Wright, along with our uh, Premier League presenter and our soccer presenter, Dan Roebuck, will go through all the best futures on the Premier League. That will be dropping on Monday. And on Thursday, we'll have a show looking at week one of the Premier League. So the Premier League is back. And the only way to follow all that action is by subscribing to our YouTube channel, the Betting Weekly Studio at Because We Win. It's our new channel 
please give us a subscribe on there. You will get all the action on the tennis and the soccer. It's a huge amount of soccer coming up. The action starts in Europe next week. We have La Liga, Serie A, as well as the Champions League, which is also recorded on Monday. Champions League as well. So soccer is coming all over the place now. And obviously you can uh, subscribe to it there. And you can also subscribe to this uh, podcast. We need this podcast to go higher and higher in the charts before the US Open. And with your help, we can get it. So download Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on your preferred podcast provider. We're doing very well in Canada. So Canada, Canada, get behind us. We want to get up the charts for your home tournament. That's it for myself and Sean. Uh, Sean, have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the seaside. You. If you go to the seaside, enjoy the seaside. And, uh, and I'll speak to you again on Tuesday. Thank you. Take care, everyone, and all the best.